Hi, Shaleen. My name's Kai, and I currently live in Amsterdam in the Netherlands. Your podcast is actually the very first podcast that I ever listened to, and I started with your episodes on the Declutter Project. They're amazing and will change your life. I started listening to you then, and I have been hooked ever since. I'm constantly recommending you to my friends. Yeah, you've really just been such a motivating and inspiring figure in my life, even though you don't know me and and I don't really know you, of course, but just listening to all the content that you've put out there and you're just you're somebody that I really look up to and I'm so grateful to you and I'm so grateful to your show and I just want to say thank you. So thank you, thank you, thank you. Love the show and I will continue listening for as long as you are putting out the content. Bye. Yes, I am so excited you're here. I was hoping you'd show up for this episode. Only the brave are willing to look at what they've done in the past 12 months and ask themselves where they may have misstepped, what things they could do better, and how they can improve their lives. You've got to be brave. You've got to have hope. And you have to be one of those people who's interested in getting more out of life, being a better person. You have to be interested in personal development. And like some people are just here for the entertainment. Clearly, you are cut from another cloth, which means you're pretty special, and I'm super excited to do this with you. For this episode, you will definitely need a pen and a piece of paper. So if you don't have that with you, if you're on the treadmill or you're in the grocery store or you're driving, etc., cool, no problem. Listen, make mental notes, but do yourself a favor and set aside some time to re-listen, even if it's on a hyper-warp speed with a pen and a piece of paper handy because you're definitely going to want to take some notes in this episode. And those notes are going to turn into action steps. They're going to help you to create the best year possible in 2020. All right, let's do this. Welcome to The Shaleen Show. Shaleen is a New York Times bestselling author, celebrity fitness trainer, and obsessed with helping you live your dream life. Oh, by the way, I am recording this from our hotel room in New York City. We're here with some friends celebrating life. Like that is our only objective is to celebrate life. And I won't get into that right now because this episode's really about you. But in order to have the most amazing life, to live a life without regrets, you've got to do some planning. It's true. There's very little that is within our control, but the amount of things that we can control, the amount of things that we have the ability to at least control the direction that we're headed in, it's crazy to me that people just live their life kind of like in a rowboat, letting the waves toss them about. And they think that just by steadying themselves or putting on a life vest, that that is somehow like living life. That's not living life, that's surviving life. And I I don't want you to just survive life. I want you to thrive. I want you doing what makes you happy. I want you living your dream life, your crazy, ridiculous, amazing, fun-filled life. The type of life where you just, you look around sometimes and you just say, is this our life? And you just ask that question rhetorically because you know it's the life that you planned and you worked towards. And of course, there's going to be the unforeseen and the unexpected, but there's so much that's within your control and that starts with a plan, A, and then B, taking action. So today, I want to start by reviewing this last year, kind of where you're at today. So we're going to take a little inventory. This is really about you. So the first thing we're going to do together is I want you to take a quick inventory of the important areas of your life and how you would rate them, 
the first number that comes to mind, and how you would rate them according to the last 12 months. So you're going to give each one of these areas of your life a score on a scale of one to 10, okay? One is just, it's horrific by your standards, no one else's. It's just, it's a disaster. It's unacceptable. It's painful or whatever it is. It's like the worst possible score is a one. 10 is near perfection. Like there's no room for improvement. You are completely satisfied with how things went and you give it a perfect 10, okay? Remember that these scores are solely based on your assessment, your opinions, your feelings. So for example, if I'm gonna ask you to rate, I don't know, just say for example, your finances and you're like, I'm so happy. Like I might not be Oprah level or I might not be making as much money as my brother or my sister, but I'm, I don't need to make another dollar. I am so satisfied. I feel financially secure. Like all those things. Again, these are very, very personal scores. It's how you feel you did. It's not how it is compared to anyone else. All right. So here we go. Scale of one to 10. How do you rate your physical health? So that means your wellness. This does not include your mental health. We'll get to that in a second. But your physical wellness, your weight, your cardiovascular strength, your physical strength, your overall health. Have you been able to fight diseases and infections and colds and the flu? Do you feel strong? Do you like your appearance? Like everything about your physical well-being. Scale of one to 10. All right, next, your mental well-being. This isn't always the easiest thing for people to rate. So let me give you some criteria. Your mental well-being, some things that would mean you would rate yourself pretty high is you're able to handle stress pretty easily. Like it doesn't bog you down. It doesn't freak you out. You can handle bad news. You can handle chaos. You don't get impatient. You don't lose your temper. You don't feel sad or depressed. You feel generally in control of your mental well-being. Like you sure you have little highs and lows, like you feel good mentally. Mentally, like you would give yourself a high score if you can hear something devastating or get some bad news and you process it, you can experience sadness, etc. but you know you're going to be okay and you bounce back pretty quickly. You might give yourself a really low score if it's hard to decide if in fact you're feeling blue or burnt out or maybe you're just depressed. You feel a lot of sadness. Any little thing feels like it's just too much. Like it just feels like there's so much going on and you have headaches or crying spells or bouts of anger and you don't like the way you feel mentally, then you want to give yourself a lower score, all right? Next is your surroundings, your environment. Now, I want you to, before you give us a score, here's some things I want you to think about that you would, you know, when you're thinking about your environment, I want you to think about, where you're spending the majority of your time. So if that is at work, if you're spending like 10 hours a day at work or eight hours a day at work or even four hours a day at work, you know, give that a score. Like, how does it make you feel? Does it make you feel invigorated, challenged, happy? When you think about maybe you spend a lot of time in your car, does the thought of stepping into your car worry you because it's messy, it's old, it's broken down, it's unreliable? Your home, when you return to your home, does your home feel peaceful and organized? Is it the right colors? Does it give you energy or does it make you feel like there's a heavy mood present? Does it stir up positive emotions or negative emotions? Do you feel safe there? Do you feel 
at peace when you're at home? Do you feel like it's a reflection of who you are and where you're going and who you want to be? Does it feel cramped? Does it feel like it's enough? Does it feel like there's too much stuff? Like, so just in general, when you think about all of the places where you spend time, and ladies, I always suggest that you think about your closet, fellas, you know, and I don't mean to make this sexist at all, because it's not about a gender thing, because ladies, it might be for you, it's your garage, and fellas, it might be your closet. It just doesn't matter. But I want you to think about all of the spaces that you spend time in each day. How do they make you feel? Give your environment a score on a scale of one to 10. Okay, now I really want you to reflect on the last 12 months and ask yourself, how satisfied are you with the amount of time you were able to spend doing things that are restorative? Things that don't necessarily move your career forward or have anything to do with, you know, money. Just the things that you do for pure joy, things that are restorative, like your hobbies. But hobbies that are positive, right? So, for example, and you know our backstory, I wouldn't consider gambling one of those things, even if that's your hobby, because that's not like a positive thing. It doesn't restore you. I want you to think about painting or spending time with your friends, dancing, stretching, taking your yoga class, riding motorcycles, whatever it is that you do just because it's restorative. And I actually want you to go through the months of the year. So just take a moment and think about, all right, last January and February, did you spend time in the snow or snowboarding or skiing or doing the things that you want to do? And as we go through each month of the year, it doesn't hurt right now to put me on pause and actually scroll through your calendar And did you schedule time, restorative time, things that are just about living life? And if you didn't and that's okay, then you can give yourself a high score. But if you didn't and that's not okay, then you want to give yourself a score that indicates you know you need to improve this area for you, not for anyone else, but for you. All right, this next one is I want you to ask yourself over the last year, of course, the last year, how would you rate your romantic life? Okay, and again, I want to preface this by saying, by your standards. Because there's a very good chance in this last year, you were able to free yourself from a toxic, abusive relationship, and you're single. And that's a beautiful thing. Like you were able to do that and you feel so good about it. So you might rate your romantic life at the moment very high because in the past it was scary and volatile. Or maybe you are back on the dating scene and you just haven't been putting yourself out there the way that you know you wanted to. Like you'd hoped at this stage you'd be sharing Christmas with someone special And, you know, you just feel like, I feel like I missed the mark there. I had hoped I wanted something more for myself. Again, this has nothing to do with what your mom wants or what your girlfriends want. It's just how satisfied are you about how the last 12 months went in terms of your romantic relationship? And for those of you who are in a relationship, how do you rate it? Like, did you hit the mark? Do you feel like you invested enough time that you were connected with your partner? Or do you feel like there's room for improvement? And I want to say right here, to not be surprised if some of the areas that are like the most important to you, you tend to rate the lowest. That's normal. That doesn't mean that you're unhappy with your relationship. It might mean that you have really high standards and it's so important to you and you want to give yourself a lower score so that you are reminded 
to give it more attention and more intention, not just attention, but more intention in 2020. So give yourself a score, scale of one to 10, your romantic relationships or status, maybe even scale of one to 10 last 12 months. All right. Over the course of the last 12 months, how do you feel about the time or connection you have with your friends and family? Now, this is just for our purposes today. You might have a different way of scoring this. I want you to incorporate the people who matter to you, not the people who are like, hey, how come we don't get together? And you're really like just trying to put them off because you're like, this person drives me freaking crazy. I'm not talking about those people. I'm talking about the people who lift you up, the people who you know make you better, hold you to a certain standard. I'm talking about the family that you choose to spend time with. Not the family that's just a nightmare. They ain't never going to change because that's just how they are. And their family, luck of the draw, there's nothing you can do about it. I'm talking about the family that you've, the person who you've decided is your sister, not because of you share DNA, but you're like, this is my sister. Do you know what I mean? Or like, you are my aunt. We are family. And that family would also extend to your children right? Or your parents. Like, so it's immediate family, but I want you to exclude if you're married or in a romantic relationship. That was in our previous category. All right. So how do you feel about how relationships went over the last year? Like, where are you right now in terms of those relationships, friends and family, scale of one to 10? All right. Next category, finances. How are those for you? I I know it's a tough time of the year to think about this. It's December, but look at the whole year. Did you do what you meant to do? Did you save enough? Did you make enough? Did you have additional streams of income? Have you been listening to build your tribe and trying new things and experimenting? Because that's what it's all about, y'all. You got to try and fail and try and fail to succeed. But again, this is based on your standards. So, I don't want you to think about what anyone else would assess. Like, are you comfortable? Are you happy? Are you satisfied? Scale of one to 10. Give it a score. And next is, this is kind of a difficult one to describe. I call it purpose. But what I mean by this is over the course of the last year, do you feel like your life and what you were doing Sometimes at work or sometimes outside of work, it doesn't matter. But just like in general, the, over the course of the last year, were you doing things that made you feel like this matters? I'm supposed to be doing this. And of course, you know, I'm a Christian. So I really believe in my heart of hearts that I have to ask myself if I'm doing what God intended me to do. That might mean sharing difficult times. It might mean like just accepting the fact that things happened and I'm supposed to do something with that to help others. And when I live my life that way, I feel a tremendous amount of purpose. I feel like my life matters. So we can call it purpose. We can call it like the work that you do, but I don't necessarily mean the paid work. Some of you are lucky enough to be paid to do what you absolutely love. I definitely consider myself one of those people. Like I can believe it because I planned it, but I also count my lucky stars. Like I'm so blessed that I get to do this. Like I get to help people and just talk to you and you leave me messages and you help me. And like, I can't even, this is what I do. I'm here in New York city. And some people might say like, Oh, you know, what are you doing working? What are you doing recording a podcast? Are you kidding? This is why I'm here. 
I wouldn't be able to be in New York and provide this opportunity to close friends of ours if it weren't for this. Like it is because of this and it's just all part of my life. So I don't compartmentalize it like as work or not work. You know, I digress, but we were with family the last couple of days and I had a family member say like, cause I was videotaping something and posting it to Instagram stories. And the family member said, ah, oh, isn't it hard to just always have to be working? And I thought, oh man, no, I don't consider this work. I love that I can be transparent and share things and that it might help people. It might entertain people. And I love it. So I don't ever think of it as something I have to do. I don't do those things. The things that I once felt like I had to do, I don't do those things. If it's not a hell yes, then it's a hell no. So your score, scale of one to 10, the last year, do you feel like your life, you were doing things that mattered, things that may have helped other people? And remember, this doesn't have to be a lot of people. It could be like, maybe you feel like you're put on this planet to help your daughter who has autism or to provide a life that you didn't have for your kids or to allow your spouse to experience what unconditional love is. Like, don't think like grand, like, am I helping millions of people? Just have you made a difference for some important people? Next category, your spirituality. And again, if that's not something you think about, then you can give it, you know, a score that reflects that. If it is something that's a really important thing to you and you can think about the last year and ask yourself, was I connected to a higher power? If you're Christian or if you're Jewish or Muslim, just consider your own faith and your own walk in your faith. And, you know, look at the last year and did you stay connected? Do you feel good about it? Or is there room for improvement? Remember, a low score doesn't mean that we're unhappy or that this is an area of our lives that we don't love. It's usually we'll tend to score ourselves lower in areas that are of significance to us. All right, the next one is personal growth. Did you grow as a person over the last year? You know, and give yourself, like, think through some things. Like, you know what? I handled that situation a lot better than I would have in the past. I can tell you that I am definitely giving myself a higher score in this area this year than I did last year. I feel like I let my emotions get the best of me. And I like I worried about too many things last year. And I'm just, gosh, I'm in a different place. And I thought a lot about that because I went through this whole, what do you call it, exercise last year before 2019. And I wasn't happy about the areas where I had lacked personal growth. So I made some changes. I, I've made changes in a lot of these areas, to be honest. And that's interesting. Well, it's not about me, so I won't fill you in on mine too much. But anyways, your next area that you need to score is your you know, personal growth over the last year. Were you a better human being? Did you do the work? Did you listen to the Shalene show three days a week and build your tribe the other two? Did you take feedback from others and go, you know what? They're right. I need to own my that probably got beeped out. Yeah, because we're going to keep this a family show. But you know what I'm saying? Did you own your stuff? Did you own it? Did you learn to apologize without saying but? Were you kinder? Were you nicer? Did you step outside your comfort zone, introverts, and try to work on being more social? If you're one of those people who considers yourself kind of shy, did you practice making small talk and not 
making other people feel uncomfortable or responsible for your level of comfort? Like, you know, did you work on just being a better human? Did you take more responsibility? How would you rate yourself over the last 12 months? Are you a better human being today? And of course you are, but how great of a job did you do? Like, give yourself a score and a scale of one to 10. All right, now you've got all these categories, right? So again, just a quick review. It was physical health, mental well-being, your environment or surroundings, joy, restoration or hobbies, your romantic life, friends and family, financial status or finances, purpose or work, you know, work that matters, your spirituality and personal growth. So all I want you to do is to now take a look at the two categories that you scored the lowest, all right? Now, of those two categories, like let's say that there's four categories that the lowest score you gave was a four. You gave four different categories a level, a number four. All right, so then what I want you to do is pick those four and pick of those four categories, which one matters to you the most and you know there's something you can do about it. And I say that because like, Maybe you gave yourself a four because like physically you are going through a really tough time or like physically, I don't know, you're in the middle of your pregnancy and there's like not much you can do about it right now. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, you're out of breath. Your stomach is five times the size it once was. You've got stretch marks and cellulite and, you know, veins. Oh, being pregnant, I tell you. So, you know, you, you maybe gave yourself a lower score there, but like there's not much you can do about it. But then you also scored hobbies and romance and finance as a four, let's just say hypothetically. Well, of those four categories, which one of them, not only can you, but you need to make an immediate change because this area is really important to you. All right, perfect. That's the area that I want you to focus on for the first 90 days of 2020. Now, that doesn't mean that that's the only thing you're thinking about, but here's what I want you to think of this area. So let's just hypothetically assume that you decide that's your finances. This doesn't mean it trumps everything else in your life. It means that everything that you do, you're going to ask yourself, will this make my finances better or worse? And you're going to keep that what I call a current or key priority. The next thing that you'll do is start to brainstorm any way possible you can think of that would allow you to do a better job of honoring this area. Because this area needs your immediate attention. And all you're going to do is just like come up with a huge list of all the things that you could do to honor this area, to improve this area, to make this area something that you're giving significance to. You're not just letting it happen. This is part of the push goal process. So if you are someone who owns a push goal planner, you're quite familiar with this. If you don't already own a push goal planner, you need to pick yourself up one. Or just, you know, you can do this on paper, but I'm telling you that the planner has been designed specifically to help you honor this and to create goals that don't compromise this key area. You see, too often in January, when people start making goals for the year, they just sit down, they're like, hmm, okay, so what do I want to have happen in the next year? And they just, they come up with a list of 10 things that are goals, and they never really ask themselves, is this going to damage or compromise an area that's really important to me? So the push goal planner teaches you how to first identify what part of your life is most important because otherwise you'll achieve your top 10 goals 
and be like, how come I'm no happier? How come I'm now, you know, further, there's more distance between myself and my husband? Why do I now feel more disconnected from my faith? And, you know, I've reached all 10 of my goals, but holy cow, I feel like crap and I've gained 15 pounds. Like, and that really matters to me. So part of this process is to first figure out what matters most and then to identify the 10 goals that you would like to accomplish. And we will do that in a follow-up podcast. So this was just part one. If you're following along and you have a push goal planner, you can actually fill out these answers to these 10 areas in your planner. And if you don't have one, you can check it out by going to pushjournal.com. Again, that's pushjournal.com. By the way, if you enter your email address, you'll get a code for the first time you order that gives you 15% off. And that's always a cool thing. I just think these things are the greatest. They're simple. They keep you on track. For me, it's about happiness and intention. Like anyone can accomplish goals. I learned how to set goals and accomplish them, you know, kind of after I graduated from college. I didn't know how to do that beforehand. And what I discovered is I learned that process and I would accomplish my goals pretty quick and couldn't figure out like why I felt empty or dissatisfied or like off. Geez, I've accomplished these things. Why aren't I? happier. And it's because I'd never really learned how to identify what was most important to me in those 10 really important areas of your life. So please do me a favor and share this episode. Man, if you've got teenagers, share it with them. If you've got team members, your significant other. Oh, this is so powerful if you do this with your significant other. And by the way, we now have push journals for the dudes, or as I like to say, uh, you know, they're gender nondescript journals, like we've got cork and black and solid color journals. So it's certainly not something just for entrepreneurs, like students use these, people in corporate jobs use these, stay-at-home moms, like this is just like how you get your life right, y'all. I hope you've enjoyed this, and I really am excited for you to tune into part two. Listen, I love you. I mean it. And I'll talk to you soon. Well, ladies, it seems as though a lot of us have just kind of wised up to the fact that we're living in our workout wear. In fact, you've probably heard the term athleisure. Like, it's easier to put on a pair of yoga pants and like a cute off-the-shoulder shirt than it is a tight pair of jeans and come up with an outfit. Like, it's socially acceptable. I travel a ton. I notice everyone is traveling now in their yoga pants, When I'm at the grocery store, when I'm visiting my kids on campus, like everyone is wearing athletic apparel. And ladies, I think we've kind of figured out like you don't have to pay a fortune to get top quality, really adorable fitness apparel. As a matter of fact, price really has nothing to do with quality, especially when it comes to Fabletics. I love Fabletics. I love Fabletics, obviously because of the price, number one, and number two, the fit Number three, the quality is exceptional. And number four, super cute and functional. I guess five would be functional. I've all but converted my closet to Fabletics. I live in the stuff. I'm wearing it right now as we record. In fact, to be specific, I'm wearing the Myla High-Waisted Pocket Capri in Raspberry. It's so freaking cute. Like, I love their capris because their capris are really capris. Normally, when I order a capri, it goes all the way down to my ankle. Like, they have different lengths, which is awesome. They've got mid-rise, high-rise. Okay, this one is a fashion 
commentary, okay? So you can't always live in your yoga pants. I mean, you can. But if you really want to be like adorably cute and super comfortable, right? And, you know, jeans are not comfortable. Wear a pair of joggers. Now, if you go look at my Instagram, you'll see you can make a jogger look super dressed up. You can put it with a little stiletto. That is so fashion forward. Put it with like a stiletto and then a rocker tee. Oh my gosh, their joggers are to die for. Get the Daria. Their Daria joggers are super comfortable. They're super flattering. I love them. All right, listen, you can take advantage of their VIP offer and you get two pairs, your first two pairs for $24. And if you're already a VIP, maybe this should just be a reminder. You need to do a little bit of shopping. I was just on their site five minutes ago and I'm like, oh lordy. I need all of these new colors. I need all of these new styles. I need joggers in every color. Ladies, do yourself a favor. Save yourself some money. Get some really cute new workout wear that's high quality that you will love by shopping at Fabletics. Go to fabletics.com forward slash Shalene.